Wednesday at 8 p.m. Brave New Radio? <laughs> More like Grave New Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween on Brave New Radio, the scary music bees, 101, and Jeff! <laughs> music bees, 101, and die! On Halloween! <laughs> I'm your professor, David Kirkville. <laughs> I'm wearing a black wig. It keeps getting in my mouth. Oh, that's a wig? This is, yeah, I actually, I uh, had plugs that. done over the last week. Hope yes. you enjoy very much. Here with Dr. Stavon. I did, I did. I had a group, a coupon for Groupon. Yes. So I got half of half, which would be a quarter, he said to the business manager. So here at Brave New Radio, happy Halloween. Hi, Kaylee Cheryl. She's the one holding. We're, we're live streaming on uh, the Instagram. Yes. We're here with Dr. Esteban Marconi. Dr. Esteban Marconi. Thank you very much. And uh, we're here with uh, Ashley Weltner. Yes, Ashley Weltner, who is our engineer. She had to shut the door. Ashley Weltner, everybody. Yes, great to have her here tonight. It's a very special night because it's scary Halloween. And then, of course, we have a great guest making his third appearance here tonight. Third he is appearance? The, yes, he's the AVD. Wow. Aaron Van Dyne. Aaron Van Dyne, living in a van down by the river on Halloween. That's Aaron. right. It's good to have you. So uh, we'll get to Aaron yeah, in a Dino moment. Dino Mike. Yeah, D he's uh, Jimmy Walker. Aaron Dino Mike. That's right. We haven't said that in a while. Aaron right. Van Dino Mike. So we should give a little bit of uh, love to all the stuff. As we always do. As we always should. Uh -oh. Musicbiz101wp.com. Go there. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, the book at MusicBiz101WP, and the podcast, which you're possibly listening to at this moment. This magic, scary moment. iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. 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 We're there on Spotify now. We should give thanks to the folks at. Aaron Van Dyne, Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management. Yes, definitely. Aaron Van Dyne, Bruno Inc. Every week. That's right. With artists like Charlie, no, not Charlie Puth. Ah, With artists boy. like, we always said Charlie Puth, by the way. Puth, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dave Matthews, three doors down, St. Vincent and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. Chafin. CPA.com. When a band like yours is ready. And you do right. solo artists. It doesn't have to be a band. It could be a no. solo artist. Right. And you do taxes. Correct. If you're in trouble athletes. with the IRS. Hmm? Athletes. Athletes. He also does the athletes. Yep. That's right. So there we go. New so uh, Out of uh, Bayonne. Yes. The athletes. <laughs> <laughs> the athletes. And we also give thanks to Christine, v Christine Oy. Bay, a wealth manager and the president of... Boy. The wealth management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson the University to manage their investments and plan for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, if you have questions on anything more investments, portfolio management, to insurance, retirement planning, give Christine a call at Kaylee, repeat after me. 732 
1510. You could also email her, Christine at VeyWealth.com for advisement. And leave the last oi off for savings. It has been over a year since Managing Your Band 6th Edition came out. We're already working on edition number 14. We're skipping the other seven. <laughs> really into it. November 29th, year of our Lord 2018, Monmouth University is coming to William Patterson in it, uh, because of MIO, our music and entertainment organization, putting together a very cool concert. We were just down there last week. And how well are we ranked as a music business program, Dr. Esteban? We're right up there. We're, yes, you that's can right. Check with Billboard magazine. In fact, Google it. Go to the Google. And it will come up. Type in yes. best music business programs. In America. As the top. And there we are. Yep. We're there. That's Alphabetically right. listed. Yeah. And 20, right? 14. Right? Yeah, I think it's 14, yeah. yeah. And who's one of the people we should thank for helping us out to get that? Well, certainly co-president of RCA Records and a distinguished alum, mm -hmm. Joe Riccatelli, Steve Leeds, Tom Duffy mm -hmm. at Billboard. Who's the man sitting on your right? Aaron Van Dyne. Yes. And, <laughs> That's who I was going of for. course, Dave and Steve for their wonderful... Yes. Persistent. Continue fight. Yes. Continue fight, fight the good and fight. love for the students. Hey, let's give some love to News 12 New Jersey, which yeah, gave some love wow. to us. I mean, that was a great spot. Yeah. Did you see it or were you sleeping? I was... You were sleeping because it was midnight on a Saturday night. That's right, and that's where I am. I'm, I'm in right. the bed all curled up in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. Sleeping like you. a baby, peeing in my pants and crying. Yeah, and wearing that wig. That's right. Brave New Radio. Music is one and more. <laughs> By himself. <laughs> I also want to give some love. I didn't tell you. So there's this other podcast out there called Promoter 101. Yes. That people should listen to. I wrote an email to the guy from Promoter 101 um, yesterday um, because he had an episode about uh, a year ago in which he had this guy named Steve Rennie who used mm -hmm. to manage Incubus. He was a SVP of something for uh uh, Epic Records, I think. He was a, a promoter a long time ago, and he was bashing music business programs. So I reached out to uh, Dan Steinberg from Promoter 101, mm -hmm. and I said, can we be on your show and can just, uh, you know, just give a rebuttal to that? Mm -hmm. He made a good point. He said, you know, it was a year ago. It's kind of outdated for the podcast. He right. said, probably you should have the guy on your show and talk about it with him. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that we'll try and reach out to and do for 2019. But then he said, you should be a guest. I love your show. Wow. He listened. So we had a great, two weeks ago, we, do you know Harlan Fry? From, uh, he does touring for Atlantic uh, Records. I want it, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he's like, it was one of our best shows we ever did. And he listened to that, and he's like, that was a great show. And he, oh, he was mentioning all show. these shows. Great. He goes, I listen to podcasts. I know who you guys are. I think it's really good. Um, so he wants to come here next semester mm -hmm. with the other guy, uh, Luke Pierce, who does the uh, podcast with him. Right. And they want to, he met, mentioned us doing a dual radio show. Great. Where they interview us for half an hour, we interview them. Mm -hmm. And we do it in front of students like Haley Sherrill, right. who's sitting and on when, my Are room. they out of LA? No, um, I think he's in uh, outside of Seattle. He used to be in wow. Denver. He was an independent nice. promoter, and then he has a company called Emporium Presents. You ever heard of Emporium Presents? Because no. of Dave Matthews and because of uh, being up in Washington. Um, and then um, he just recently sold it to Live Nation about two or three weeks, three weeks ago. Mm. So, yeah, there we go. Great. So that's cool. So we have a fan. Yes. Fan in the biz. Yes. Fan Some people listening now, yeah. you're not wasting your time. No. Okay. It is not. And he, he even <laughs> said, 
while we do that, while you start interviewing, can we move this mic over here and move mm -hmm. those? So, okay. So we're just going to move some mics around. You're never going to know it because Kaylee, our student co-host, needs to get closer and have. I'll hold this for you for a moment. Um, there's Kaylee. Um, Kaylee, real quick, where did you fly in from to come to school at William Patterson University? Ohio. She came wow. all the way from Cincinnati. Why did you right. come to William Patterson University? Um, because they're because of the microphones top. at the radio. Yeah. <laughs> because of the best yeah, microphones. That's, that's the exact reason. Because yeah. uh, it's ranked the top um, business schools in the country. Wow. I had to do a lot of research on it. So. Yeah, and I didn't. She she sat down with me the other day, and she said, uh, "I talked to you like at length last summer, and I couldn't remember it until I mm -hmm. remembered that I her dad. So I remember all the kids' dads ah. who come in." I don't remember the students. But then she came. She liked what she uh, Great. She saw here. So good to have right. you here, Kayla. You're a freshman? Yeah. Okay. So despite meeting Dave, she came. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's it. That's it. So right. let us begin. Get, start giving your... So we've had Aaron on three times. So yes. we don't have to really say, why did you get into the music business? But we can get... Do you think... No, I think the, the best thing, the way to start is that you are considered a business manager. And what does the business manager do in the business? In the entertainment business that we're in, we uh, do what most people we refer to as a family office, the back office. We take care of everything for our clients, including collecting all their money from all sources in the entertainment world. And then I can go in later about things outside of the entertainment world. Right. Pay all their bills. If there's bands, pay the payrolls, budget for tours. I'm working on big budgets right now for the KISS tours. Um, and, and, then, and then it goes outside of the entertainment world into um, the families uh, mm -hmm. that the people have. Like Dave Matthews has family still in South Africa that we deal with. Mm -hmm. um, uh, different businesses that they they have arrangements in, farms, wineries. We're, we're, our, my firm is proficient in winery cost analysis now because <laughs> we had to learn that for you know the wineries that, that Dave has and the vineyards. So, so 20 or 30 years ago when you started in this, did you ever think it was going to be as broadly uh, or just uh, so encompassing that it is the business? Uh, probably not. It was more worrying about touring and distributing of record and publishing royalties, not much outside it. But I did, I've been with KISS now 26 years, so... Mm -hmm. They once you get in with them, they're into everything. So right. we were into automobile production, motorcycle production, theater, um, jeans. You know, into selling soda, now right. vegetables, and uh, <laughs> there's just so much that goes on in that world. Uh, Paul was Phantom of the Opera, and uh, just so many things that you get involved in that go outside of the regular music and and touring business. Right. Did did they ever do jeans? Because just when you said jeans, I, I suddenly thought like blue jeans. Did he ever do like jeans, jeans, or anything like that? No, I don't think so. Bring it up to him. Call him up. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's. Can yeah. we call him right now? And <laughs> so they're on a plane, a jet right now to Miami for the Kiss cruise. Oh. They okay. left the. They were on the Fallon show this morning. Mm -hmm. the guys are workers. They get up at four in the morning. They were on Good Morning America. Then they were uh, on the iHeart Radio today. And they were on Fallon. And then they hopped on a jet to go to the Miami for the eighth annual Kiss Cruise. Wow. wow. Which you guys should go next year. It's already booked. <laughs> Halloween week. Halloween week. Wow. Wow. So um, <laughs> it's certainly more than just keeping records of accounts receivables 
and accounts payables. Yes, much more. And when um, one of your clients will call and say, uh, I'm thinking of buying a winery, let's just say it just came to my head, and you might not know anything about winery, right. and they're looking for Advice. basically, can I make money in this, mm -hmm. you know, or how can I make money in this, or is it a ridiculous idea? Do you have so, sort of people that you can call that you've created a network so you can, you know, call somebody and say, well, you've been doing, you've been in this business for a while? We do. We do have some people that are around the world, actually, that have right. been, because some of these investments are all in foreign countries. Right. So we have some people that have knowledge in different things. The winery business, we actually hired a firm from Napa Valley, a CPA firm, that did most of the wineries out there to come to New Jersey teach us the whole cost analysis system system for accounting for wines and blending of wines and then go to charlottesville to the winery and do a whole uh, comprehensive analysis of what was going on there that was about f 15 years ago mm -hmm. uh, so we doubt now we're proficient in that um the the other thing we do a lot of is buy buy and sell houses for people mm -hmm. because most of the houses most of the re residents whether they're condos co-ops or a house are put into trust i'm the trustee of many of them and you know they just say okay i want to get rid of this one in la now mm -hmm. and we're involved so we, you know we have lawyers in different places that we can get in there and and, and handle this stuff why do they put it into a trust so that no one knows it's them you know that mm -hmm. it's not knowledgeable that it's like um saint vincent has a couple houses they're in different mm -hmm. trusts Mm -hmm. She doesn't want people to know it's it's Annie Clark's house. Does she live in them then, or are these are investment properties? Uh, some are. Some she has multiple places to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she doesn't want. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, so she yes. doesn't when she's buying. She doesn't want people to know that it's hers, so that they yeah, don't well, we, push we the want price her, up we, higher. We advise her not to do that. You know, then you have people camping out, especially if you're in the city in New York. Mm -hmm. You're in a co-op. You have people camping out in front of the place waiting for her and. No yeah. one knows she, that she lives there. And then the neighbors don't tell anybody. The neighbors, neighbors. neighbors are usually pretty good with uh, mm -hmm. people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when do I need you? I'm now a songwriter, performer, and uh, Atlantic Records has gotten interested in me. I haven't signed anything yet. Well, then, then you probably need us then. Right, right. At that if, point. if you're just, you know, coming out of the box and you don't have anything going on, you, a lot of people come to us say that they want us to be their manager, right. artist manager. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. We don't want to do that. So we advise them. We try to set them up with a few artist managers. And uh, it's the artist manager's job to try to then find them an agent. Very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. But if, let's say, they have an agent, a manager, and a record company's interested, now's, that's the time. Uh, that the, they need us and they need the, a good entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We usually, I mean, Dave and I will vouch for this. We get these students that are pretty good musicians and many are pretty good at doing original material and so on. So they'll come to me and say, do you know any managers? So then we ask them why they want a manager. And their answer, you can probably do it as a choir. Their answer is, so we get more gigs. And of course, that's not what a manager, not a manager does. does. So, I think people are totally confused as what business management is in the sense that they might think it was just an accountant that they get and make sure the checks all go to that account with the business manager and that's it. But it appears that this, uh, maybe because these artists now are doing so much more in 
things they love and buying things they love and so on, that the the world of business managers become, let's say, for somebody who may not be totally uh, into just the numbers, that they but they're good at it. They could be in business management and be satisfied because of all the other things that you guys do. Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, you know, there's a student from here, uh, Lisa, that's, that works for us that didn't have an accounting degree. Mm-hmm. And she's an account manager now and handles, you know, uh, some bands with Mark Scribner, my partner. So uh, the other thing about business management, and this is for Kaylee, artist managers to me come and go. Business yeah. managers usually stay. Yeah, we have, like I said, I've been with Kiss twenty six years, uh, twenty years with Dave Matthews, and the Rascals since eighty two. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually people, you know, they they put their trust into you. Once they have your trust, they put everything into you. You know everything about them. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to just move on to another person. It happens once in a while, like with Charlie Puth, yeah. but. Artist management, it's, it's, whenever something goes wrong, it's the artist manager's fault, right. whether it is or not. Yeah. So if an album comes out and it didn't do well, like I just saw with an artist this past year, the manager got fired. Mm-hmm. We're still there, but the manager's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a long-term relationship that, that you develop with not only people in the, in the music world, but the professional athletes also. Mm-hmm. We, we work with athletes that once they retire from their business, they stay with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are you doing with the assets? You're doing inve- uh, investment, consultants, well, well, we taxes. Well, do, we and... don't do any investment. Mm-hmm. We, we advise them to go get investment managers. We'll review <laughs> their investments with them, but we don't, we don't do investments. But a lot of these uh, athletes, once they're out of the business, have bought businesses, invested in some kind of entrepreneurship thing. So we, uh, and they still collect, you know, license fees and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their pension. So... We, we take care of that, and it lasts. Now, we, um, in class, and I guess I do this more because Dave points that out to me, but we talk about the team, the managers, uh, the artist team, and the artist team usually has the personal manager who's the, the quarterback, mm-hmm. and then there's a business manager, and there's an agent, and there's an attorney, and we're not talking about touring, none, just a daily, and there's a PR person, and then... Now there's somebody who does web, whether it be a service or, or somebody else but that does web. And we usually uh, sort of teach that a manager, the artist picks a manager and so on and so forth and gets a contract. And then when it's time to pick a business manager, we usually say that it's really right for a personal manager to give the artist four or five names and say you choose one so mm-hmm. that the personal manager with this fiduciary relationship is not the one that chose this guy and then there right. might be this you know misappropriation of funds i guess is the way it's mm-hmm. it's done and we usually say the same thing for the attorney that the artist is going to have to choose that attorney as well you you do you agree with that it uh it doesn't happen that way in my case only for a few exceptions we have a a couple of managers that have referred multiple clients to us. Most of the clients come to us visa. Athletes come a lot of times for, from investment advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, bands come a lot of times from entertainment attorneys. They do. So they, they're working with a, an attorney that says, uh, you know, you should talk. To, and again, they'll not recommend just us. They'll recommend right. two or three. Right. So that, you know, it's their decision to, to make. Yeah. But once usually they meet with us 
we've been, had a pretty good track record of right. reeling people in. Do you think the um, come and goes of personal manager is because, for instance, you guys licensed your CPAs, so you're, you've got a license and you pass some tests and you you it's you know you're you're an accountant and a CPA and the same thing through for an agent. Agent has to have a an employment booking agent, so on. The manager, there's no requirements. No requirement. No qual, qual. They're hip, or as in my case, and usually many cases, they started out almost as a roadie with mm -hmm. the band, and then they were loyal to the band, and they stopped with the band. The band got bigger and bigger, and now they started booking the band, and then wound up doing counts receivables, and and so they wound up becoming a personal manager, and. There's usually a point that we talk about when they can't swim at the Barracudas anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you get high enough and the Barracudas are there, then you really have to put this personal manager, quote-unquote, into another role in the band. You don't have to fire them, but they become something else. Um, do you find that there is that weakness with personal managers that you just find some managers in general that... Are learning on the job or or well most the managers that I work with have all been long-term managers so all not, they're not anybody yeah well new. you got Corin and you got yeah I mean, Corin Capshaw is probably you know Doc and I didn't mean this for you but he's probably the best manager I've ever seen in my life I mean mm -hmm. the guy's a genius uh, but even some of the other managers they they get blamed when something goes wrong mm -hmm. and it could be from a huge artist uh, from an album coming out or down to a small artist that just doesn't think the, the manager did the best for them. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of managers now going in with companies like Red Light, which Gorn owns. Um, I think there's like 200 managers over yeah. there now. Mm -hmm. And and you're, and one just called me recently about going there. And he said, what do you think? I said, it's good situation because you have this whole team and this whole back office. And if you need anything, they can get it for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, and, and managers are very, uh, they they run scared, I think, all the time. They, they, you know, they, they hold everything close to their chest because mm -hmm. they, they're afraid somebody's going to take it away from them. Mm -hmm. uh, even the, some of the ones we work with, you know, we have no interest in being artist managers. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is go out on a bus or a plane sure. or on all tour. Right. Right. And and do that stuff, but they they are insecure in a in a in a way. Even mm -hmm. some of the the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned Doc was a genius and so brilliant. Um, what is it? What are some of the things that he's done that make you think? No, I wow. mentioned Corn being brilliant. Said Corn no, but, but Doc Doc is also Doc's Doc, not listening. So Doc yeah. is um, Doc just put together this end of the road tour for Kiss, which will be a two year, a 2019-2020, probably about 150 shows worldwide mm -hmm. uh we we just right now we're doing the first 44 shows it'll be north america from january 31st to april something uh i was working on that today and uh doc put this whole thing together with live nation mm -hmm. and with uh, a company called teg in australia and then they're going to go to teg the live nation of australia they kind of are the live mm -hmm. nation is also in australia yeah. mm -hmm. the teg is another big promoter there mm -hmm. and just happened to come up with a few more bucks so mm -hmm. went with them and then we have a big europe tour with live nation and then they'll be in 20 probably south america and probably going into japan and asia and mm -hmm. maybe china and india which they've never done before hmm. 
So a band of that magnitude, do they, when they do this tour, and you're mentioning this 150-day tour, do they need a booking agent? At that yeah. Point? Oh, yeah. And why? Well, the booking agent really puts together the touring schedule, you know. Uh -huh. You don't want somebody to play, you know, in South Dakota one night and the next morning you're in Dallas, right. Texas, you know. But if it's an entire, just, just for the listeners, if it's an entire Live Nation tour, aren't they just picking up the Live Nation agents in each, re uh, um, promoters in each region of the country? They are. But they're but they're the ones really dealing with Live Nation. Mm -hmm. The manager will deal somewhat with them, but it's really the the. So we in Kiss's case, we use CAA, which right. Rose, and uh, <clears throat> he deals with Live Nation. You know, gets makes all the deals and puts the numbers together with Doc. Right. But uh, you, yeah, you have to have an and usually you know when you have an agent, even if Kiss does a private show, that we still pay the agent. Yeah. Maybe the agent didn't even bring it in. Yeah. We still give them their percentage because right. they've been with them forever right so it is a business obviously a fragmentation and we talk about this again in the sense that 100 percent of nothing is nothing so you have to fragment that 100 percent down if, with intermediaries if you're going to be in this business so if they're giving 20 percent to management 15 to 20 percent to management and they're given if anywhere depending on their strength from five to fifteen percent to the booking agent, and then they're giving the business management some money. Imagine that for the listeners that you work on a percentage of whatever it, it, rather it than depends. The some we work on a five percent deal. Mm -hmm. A lot of them it's just hourly, just hours. Yeah. So then they're fragmenting that down, and then they have to many times they're going to have to keep a PR on retainer. Uh, depends on yeah. Usually, there's a public relations company during the, while the touring's going on. Anyway. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and all that there, and then you have all touring expenses. Yeah, I wrote some down today from the budget. I was yeah, I was just going to say. So when so, you so these first 44 shows was we're using 18 trucks. Those is trucks two two one setting up in some city while the no, another one's playing. All 18 will be parked. March 27, they're going to be at Madison Square Garden. I'm wondering where 18 semi-truck and trailers are going to park. And that, just for this 44-show, 12-week tour, will cost $1.6 million. And then they have, you know, Kiss uses pyro, which a lot of bands do, but they really use a lot of pyro. That's about 800000 Uh Video will be two. Um, staging will be, uh, the rental of staging equipment be 300000 Buses will be $1.2 million. There'll be ten buses, and then there's a private air charter of about seventy thousand a week. Right. Uh, lighting's five forty, and sound is five forty. So you got a lot of big bucks that you have to. You put all this together, and then figure out this is what we need to make. Right. So there's profit at the end. Right. So then somebody tears the house or determines what the ticket prices are going to. Live be Nation so they and make the, money. Live Nation and the agent work on that. Yeah. The ticket prices are will be high in this, especially in the of beginning course. rows and that. Yeah. But they're sure. doing fairly big sh places like the Garden and that, so they, you know you can sell a lot of tickets. And why 15 buses or 10 buses? Well, it's crew. The okay. band, band okay. uses the, the plane. Right. But we got a, 70 people on the crew. So the, and then the, so in the trucks, the 18 trucks are just Carrying driver, all the equipment. And driver and um, yeah. somebody, a second driver or whatever. Uh, no, there's usually, on the buses, there's two. On the trucks, there's usually just one driver. Uh-huh. 
And you got to pay for them for a hotel every, you know, so many hours. There's laws that can only drive so many hours. Right. Sometimes they bring two drivers, but mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to pay drivers $300 a day. Uh, and in general, is it union people that they hire for all of this? No. No, it's We just... play in union halls. Then, right. Then you, you're subject to, like if you play in the garden, you're subject to using their security people and, yes. and, and ushers and right. firemen and electricians and all that. And, and you get charged with that. And uh, I remember when I was on the road, we would get to a union house and the our roadie who was in union would bring it to X amount of you know feet yeah. near the place and then the union guy would take over and he wasn't allowed to go right. one foot that's, further. That's still a case. In, and in sometimes the they wouldn't even want to let him they just wouldn't do it yeah. because he wasn't union. Uh, so I can <laughs> empathize with you because I've been involved with that in the sense that we know that Madison Square Garden probably has more unions than any other. It is the, has the, the most that I know of, Yeah, including uh, like because we use so much pyro, you have to have these union firemen there. Mm -hmm. And if you go over, like the show ends at 11, you go five, ten minutes over, you get charged for four hours. Mm. Right, union. and then they try, I've, I've heard where they try to then... The next crew, the next um, shift, ship, yeah, the next shift is going to be late because you were, yeah, so right. they're charging, you know, it's in your yeah. so at 11 o'clock. So you want to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, you know, I've always heard that. And people may not realize this, though, the, but the stage at Madison Square Garden is on the second floor. Yeah. It's not on the ground. So now you've got 18 trucks worth of stuff. That have to be hauled up. And they have to go up in the elevator. Yeah. And besides, and there's a special union, of course, that just runs the elevator, you know. And It's and interesting I, to go and, and watch uh, the setup on a big show like that or on a, a stadium show. Yeah. How the guys set these things up. I mean, it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. so, and it, there's been a couple of videos where somebody has done it and then they do it fast, you know, and it looks yeah. like ants. Right. But it is, it's, everybody's got a job. Each crew right. person's got a certain job, especially when it comes to the electrical people with the lighting. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. All the, we, I go backstage and like all these wires. I mean, how would yeah. you know what goes where? But they, they seem right. to know. And then at the end of the night, they're taking it all down again. Yeah. Now, does, um, do they practice a setup, Kiss? Like in, I know that uh, Glens Falls, New York, used to be a, they, it has about an 8,000 seat. Yeah, they do. They, uh, set they it rent up for a, a week. Um, an airport hangar in Venice, California. Yeah, Rolling Stones. And they do uh, usually five days rehearsals. I setting saw, up and breaking down. When I worked for uh, Polygram, I saw a Kiss rehearsal at Lehigh University. And it was. Uh, Hot, what's the hot, hot in the shade tour? Hot in the shade tour. Yeah, yeah. going back to like 91 or something like that. And they mm -hmm. drove a whole bunch of us out on a bus. And we just saw them in this big, like, rec center. And mm -hmm. they did their their show. There were like right. 100 of us there. It was yeah. cool. I was, I was thinking more of the setup. And yeah, that was it. Yeah, they set everything, everything yeah. up. They get everything the, down. the bugs out of it and, and so on. And then if you, you know, if you go in Europe, they do the same thing. The first place they'll play... They'll, the day before, they'll go in there and do the whole setup, tear down, and, you know, you have to pay for that rehearsal time, too. Mm -hmm. But it's a different crew in Europe, correct? No, no, we bring our crew. So We might hire some people from mm -hmm. over there, like busing and trucking, of course, from over mm -hmm. there, but the, the crew people that are on the team mm -hmm. usually are the same people over and over. What about things though, like electricity is different? Like yeah. in Europe, like the the, the they bring a little plug. Yeah, they, they have just they a little have adapter. The, they have the converters. <laughs> the converters. Yeah. Uh, what about work permits? 
In other words, yeah, the, you got to go through the immigrations and and and, you know, and all those the, things. And like a Germany the will visas. allow the crew to come and not say that there are people in Germany that can do this just if as it, well. If if you're only there for a few days and mm -hmm. you're touring, it's an ongoing tour, then there's not a problem. If you were going to go there and set up like a Vegas show where you're going to be there for three four months, maybe you would mm -hmm. have a problem. Mm -hmm. And just on the other end, we have some European people that work for us. And I'm the petitioning agent to get them their visas to to work here, and we have to guarantee, you know, show the government where how much they're going to make and that they're going to work this time period, and that they're essential, like the, our yeah. tour manager is from London, so he's essential to the to the tour. Uh huh. Yeah, we've talked about that in class as mm -hmm. well. Um, a couple things you mentioned, kind of taking a couple steps back. You mentioned going back, um, 18 trucks, mm -hmm. um, and these are 18 wheelers. These are big semis. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you, you kind of offhandedly said, I'm wondering where they're going to park. Yeah. Is that at the tour manager's the job? Rider. Is that the docks? Whose that, job that's, is that's it, though, the, is to find where that is? Not the go. tour manager. In the larger band, you have a, a person called the production manager. Mm -hmm. That's his job. He's the He and I work on the budgets. Who's their, who's their production We use manager. a guy named Robert Long. Excellent, excellent mm -hmm. guy. And he's been there quite a while. He That's his responsibility and his worry where everything's going. So he's he's in there, bef like a day or so before, working with the police and everybody else. And then we have our merchandise people that are in there, uh, going out and putting people on the street to to catch all the people selling phony merchandise. So they have the um, the TROs and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So who, when you say those people trying to find, uh, what are the, are those the people working for? Um, who, who, who's the? We had him on the show. We, we used the, yeah, Del Ferrano from yeah, Del. Edgar Wright. Right. So he, he has people his, who are his coming people, in. Yeah, which we bring with us, and they go out on the on the streets. Uh, mm -hmm. About four block, like the garden, they'll do a four block area. How many people? And, uh, it could be as many as eight, maybe. Oh, really? And they'll pick up. They'll take. Well, they'll bring a cop with them and get all the merch, bring it back. Right. Mm -hmm. Del sells it. <laughs> 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 right. Nice. Okay. So. Um, so when you when the production manager, <laughs> so that wig. There's this wig. It keeps getting in my hair. Oh, that was a wig. I think it was a wig. I can't tell. So the production manager. For those listening, it was where I looked awesome with this big, bushy Howard Stern wig. So, <clears throat> production manager has to call the police. You say. So I guess the police, NYPD, in every city in the country has some. You're not calling the chief of police. You're calling somebody in particular who uh, would be the contact for that type of I, I guess, arrangement. I, I don't know how, how they actually do that, but mm -hmm. it might be set up through the garden. That they, they, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it makes it sense that be. the garden they, would have they probably call this would do person. That, you know, because don't forget, all these venues, especially somebody like the garden, but all venues get a cut of the merch. Mm -hmm. They get a hall fee and a vend fee, right. which is usually 20 and 10, about 30% of comes off the top to them. So mm -hmm. they want to make sure you're selling a lot of merchandise there. And Kiss is is one of the masters of selling right. merchandise. So one of those trucks has merch. Oh, could couple, be more than one truck, though, right? Be more than one truck. Because they didn't they set the record a few years ago with the amount of merch 1997 sold. Nineteen ninety seven in uh, Tokyo. Tokyo, one point two million in one night, and we would have sold more, but they sold everything mm -hmm. in one show. Right. Mm -hmm. We do an average of fifteen to twenty dollars a head per night. So per person. Per person. So how many? How wow, many? the per head is that high. That's high. That's very so the, high. a garden. That's how many people are eighteen thousand. So it's eighteen times twenty. Yeah, it's is a big uh, number. And this this end of the road tour, we're even estimating that we may do twenty five because it will be the end, and it mostly will be event shirts. 
Mm-hmm. So there'll be shirts with the event on it, right. special Tickler. to that show, right. and uh, those things sell out. When mm-hmm. we did the reunion tour in 96, 97, they sold the merch. Well, we were constantly bringing merch and mm-hmm. uh, while the tour was going on because it was just selling out. And, and this is and they're doing Boys to Men's End of the Road. They're opening with that because it's the End of the Road tour. I don't expect them to do that. That was my comedy. <laughs> Woo! Music this one anymore. We will, we will <laughs> rock more. you. <laughs> Next question. Um, crew and unions, I, I wrote down, because you mentioned, so 70 people in the crew. Um, so they're, they're, but a bunch of these crew, because you, you were getting into unions, and now I'm confused as to who would be in the union and who is in the crew. No, hall. we don't use anybody in the, the union. The people in the, the hall has the, the union. Hall so, what, so, so in the, the hall, but you, so you mentioned security. And you mentioned well, we have fire. Our own security person. People. Who does the band hires its own private but for the, but the venue for the band right. members. Mm-hmm. But the venue has security. You know, you, when you go to you, the garden or any show, you yeah. see people walking around but with security. And that's the garden. They're unionized. Whether it's Giant Stadium or whatever, right. right. they're union people, mm-hmm. and you have to use them. Right, mm-hmm. and you have to, which is fine because you don't want to get into that. No, you don't. Venue anyway. No, yeah. you have to be bringing too many people. But your crew doesn't need to be union your crew these 70 people who are um they're lighting, building the stage, people, lighting, stage building, what do you know, carpenters everything. electricians uh dress people laundry people mm-hmm. makeup you know help with makeup and everything there there's all different pe- jobs there masseuse do they masseuse? have they would think do they yes. have one masseuse for all <laughs> uh, the banners? They have a mas- <laughs> usually a masseuse and a trainer oh really yeah. okay um, who's in the band for this show? It's Gene and Paul. Is it the Ace and... Um... No, it's uh, Tommy Fair and Eric Singer. That's okay. Men Singer is his real name, but Eric Singer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's been the, the lineup for the last... Since Ace left, mm-hmm. back in 2001 <laughs> or two. Mm-hmm. Makeup on? Oh, yeah, all makeup. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so after this, they can do it with the original four with no makeup. And they can Originally, they can do one with makeup, one without makeup like of the four people and you can like have like a, a wheel go you mentioned and, at one point okay, in time that good. um funny and funny. that gene was thinking about because it is makeup and so on thinking about having a younger kiss <coughs> and that they would continue in perpetuity mm-hmm. after they the original kiss retired and when somebody got old they would just take one guy out and put another one in because it's they're all in makeup. Yeah, sort of a blue man type like, situation. Like Is he still thinking and, of that? Uh, yeah, th- those those discussions have you know have occurred. Right now they're so focused on doing this tour, I haven't heard much about it. But that would be uh, like kiss the next generation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it could go on for you know ever, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that those people, the discussion was also that those people would never, nobody know who they were. It would be like Kiss from the very beginning. Nobody right. knew who they were. Right. They used to walk around paper bags on their head if they were, didn't have their makeup on, so nobody would know. Ah. And uh, that's what that, what that would be. So, but you know, the the guys themselves, Gene's you know Gene's sixty nine years old. So, and you know, somebody said uh, interview just recently. Somebody said, yeah, but the Stones go out and they're in their seventies. He said, yeah, but they don't wear what we wear every night. Yeah. You know, all that heavy stuff. And oh yeah. The makeup and everything. So. Hmm. Now, originally, why the makeup? The makeup was, uh, and I'm not sure who, Ace Freely says that he's the guy that did the makeup, or suggested the makeup. The original manager, I think, was one of the people that suggested the makeup. It was because he was a theatrical person. Mm -hmm. And then 
the guys decided the makeup would be good because nobody would know who they are. Uh-huh. And there's great stories that, you know, I've heard Gene and Paul both tell me years ago that when they first started back in 74, they used to wear these uh, overalls that said some kind of maintenance company on That's the back. They had an old truck, and they'd drive up to the venue, and they'd set all their stuff up. And right. The people say, "Who? Are you? well, we're the crew for right. Kiss. And then when they came back, they'd scrape whatever money they had to get the best car they could find to drive them there. Right. And they'd get out with their you know costumes on with their That's makeup. That's what I heard. Nobody ever saw who they were. They'd come back later at night with make the it to uniforms break on and, and, and uh, break it all down again. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the so story it was always, I heard. Always mystery. Right. You know, the mystery was the, was the big thing. Right. Right. Um, can we go back to insurance then? That was another thing you talked about earlier. Because what different types of insurance are you working with on a tour? Well, you're insuring all your equipment. Mm-hmm. That's one. You're insuring... Um, liability, general liability while you're on tour. It runs maybe $300 a show just mm. for that. And then there's a thing, then you're insuring your jet charter. Mm-hmm. You're also insuring uh, workers' comp for all these employees. Well, so they are employees. They're employees, yeah. Uh, They're not yeah. independent contractors. No. Uh-huh. Well, a couple are. A couple are mm-hmm. because they don't work the whole tour and they're working for other people too. Right. But most of them are employees. <laughs> And then you, there's a thing called non-appearance insurance, which is fairly expensive. But on a tour that big, you would you would get that, and and it's a percentage of the shows. If something happened that you could not continue on, other than a force de jour, mm-hmm. majeure, uh, like let's say one of them got sick or something, and they just couldn't go on, you lose. There's a one show deductible, and then after that, you would get a percentage of what the tour w- would have paid you because huh. you'd have a lot of expenses right. yet you know right. so that insurance is, is we don't usually get it unless it's a large tour mm-hmm. but i think on this tour we're talking to the agent right now in california about what that might cost us and lloyd's of london insures that now the promoter has to have insurance too Prom- oh yeah well, in the contract it'll say the promoter wants us to have it and we have to give him a c-o-o-i certificate of insurance mm-hmm. he has to vice versa give us his certificate of insurance so it's right. live nation i mean it's a public company right we, we're not so if concerned. somebody wants to jump from the third tier to the second well would be the promoter's insurance it's everybody there it is you know we've had situations like that where people were actually killed during a, yeah, during a concert right. a couple of times mm-hmm. and everybody gets sued everybody the agent even gets sued he wasn't yeah, even, doesn't even sign anything no but he put the show together yeah you know? right the promoter we still have a case that's going on in italy from 2013 of a mm-hmm. person that died in, a, in an, um, one of those wired elevators yes you know that moves equipment got yeah. crushed in the elevator uh-huh. and uh, that case is still going on it's things you know you think this country is slow at court cases some of these foreign territories is very slow you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh you know and a person's fell in indiana some years ago during the kiss uh, um um uh, was it aerosmith or motley no motley crew and they mm-hmm. they threw water on the stage motley crew and then at the end of kiss show confetti comes down so you can imagine how slick that is mm-hmm. and somebody fell and got hurt really bad that case that was i think back in 12 or 14 still going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so everybody is brought in and we try to get ourselves out yeah (laughs) and you figure playing to that many people that many for that many years it's just the odds the odds are just it's going to happen unfortunately you know but that's why they call it an accident yeah yeah yeah. um so 
to the crew so you, you mentioned their employees so this is a two-year tour so for two years they are the employee and then at the end i guess they well, know that they're if they don't work out then they let them go and bring somebody else in but then when the tour ends their so, employment contract ends basically yeah we don't so. even give an employment contract uh -huh. these are people that have been working on and off for kiss mostly most of their music career mm -hmm. you know crew mm -hmm. people and uh, some of them 20 years 25 years mm -hmm. and uh, they'll they'll know at the end of the two years that yeah you know, they they'll look for another band to go there's plenty of work out there for good crew people mm -hmm. you know people are always looking bands are always looking for experienced crew people right mm -hmm. and um, does Dave Matthews work differently in terms of his crew and if his he's touring crew, and not touring his crew is um, from has been long time very long time crew a lot of them, I think his store managers been with him since the beginning mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, Dave and the band members there are very generous that if they don't tour they keep the crew on and pay them right. to keep the crew together so he's a socialist he is I always I say that to him and he doesn't get too upset but I call him the socialist because he, he does he, no, and he, not only nice. that he pays them salary he pays them their health insurance and he pays a pension it's very yeah. nice yeah and he goes out and works solo acts to put the money in there to pay them. Right. At what point does a band need to become some sort of legal entity? And what legal entity do you do you usually suggest? LLCs, sole proprietorship, yeah, the band should become a legal entity once it starts getting contracts. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't get any contracts. We've had a case one time when one band member had all the contracts in their name, mm -hmm. and then once they became, you know fairly well to do he got rid of everybody else because they didn't have they they weren't involved mm -hmm. and then there was another band i think that happened to that band uh halsey i think it happened to them mm -hmm. too oh, yeah. that was everything was in one name so they need to form entities here's what we use we use a subchapter s corporation for touring Mm -hmm. because a lot of states, some not a lot, some states don't even recognize LLCs, but also you have to take salaries. Besides the band, the entity paying taxes in all the different, there's 41 states in the United States with income taxes. Mm -hmm. Besides, if you do all 41, which Kiss will probably do now, the entity has to pay a tax there. The employees have to pay taxes there, so the band will pay taxes. You can't, have you can't take a W-2 or have employment if you have an LLC. It's mm -hmm. either a single member or a partnership. So that's so that's for the touring company. We use the escort. Then we usually set up at least three LLCs. One for merchandise and licensing, and it owns the logo and the trademark. So that's one LLC. The second LLC would be for the recording royalties mm -hmm. with the record company. The third LLC will be for publishing royalties. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the base. Mm -hmm. Now, KISS... When I started with them, they had 35 entities. We got we cut it way down. We're up now to 28. Because <laughs> every time they form something new, mm -hmm. they start a new entity. Right. And what's the advantages of the LLC? <laughs> the LLC is just an easy way to do business. Uh, if it's a partnership LLC, it's just like filing a partnership return. If it's a single member, there's no even there's not even a tax return to file. It's filed on your own tax return. Mm -hmm. We talked to a new artist today. And it was encouraged from Israel, actually, that's coming over and encouraged uh, this uh, woman to go into a single member LLC when she gets here. Mm -hmm. But that also protects the person's 
income because the, well, the it, it, LLC is sued. The LLC it gives you limited liability company. It gives you protection. However, if you do something egregious or if you do something that pierces the what they call the corporate veil or the LLC veil, <laughs> then you still can be held accountable. So if you did something negligent, grossly mm -hmm. negligent, mm -hmm. but otherwise, yeah, it's protected. Mm -hmm. And the S Corp's even more protection. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Five That's minutes sweet. left. Yeah. So oh, that was well, I didn't even uh, get this to is, tweets. I know because um, this has been very good stuff. So because it's trick um, or tweet. That's great. It's trick or tweet. Hey, can you put on the scary music for a second? Tell me when it's on. It's it's on. Scary music time. We don't have our headphones on, so we can't no, hear no. this. But scary music time. Trick or tweet on music biz one oh one and die. He actually enjoys doing this. Very this fun. is why he sleeps alone at night. <laughs> In a fetal position. Yes. Yeah, okay. Here's a good one. Okay. Um, read this one. I'll hold this. All right. So, at Jovana. Jovana yeah, wants to know. Yeah, 23. Okay. Jovana wants to know. When working with um, an artist, at what point should it never get too personal when it comes to building a close friendship? Huh. That's a good question. That's a really good one. I've always told uh, partners of mine, because I've been doing this a long time, and I tell my partners, you can get as close as you want to these clients, but they're not your friends. They're, they're your clients. Mm -hmm. Even though we get invited to bar mitzvahs, to baptisms, to their weddings, to, mm -hmm. the parents die, we go to the funerals. We do all that stuff, but it's still, you have to keep it a business relationship. Mm -hmm. Because at some point they may say, you know, we want to move on, and then, you know, the, the, what happens to the friendship? So we never try to get, even though we're we're close to a lot of them, it's really not a friendship thing. You have to keep it as a business. Right. Mm -hmm. It's show business. It's not show friends. It's show business. Yo, is another is another trick or tweet. All right, at Park Mentality wants to know, when looking for a business manager, should the manager um, being a CPA be a high priority? Um, being a CPA, I would say sure, but I actually, my firm does the tax work for a business manager out of Charlottesville. It's got three offices, Nashville, Charlottesville, and New York City, who probably has 250 clients. Mm. And the three people that run those offices, none of them are CPAs, and they do excellent work. We do their tax work for them, though. So it's not necessary to have the CPA, but, of course, I think it's, it's, it's good, you know. Mm -hmm. One more uh, quick trick or tweet. All right. Kaylee wants to know, um, if one is interested in becoming a business manager, what position should I apply for or pay close attention to during an internship? Um, as an in, we take on interns in the business managing er, area, <clears throat> and they and some people have accounting backgrounds, some have music management backgrounds, some are going for MBAs with music management. Uh, what do you call it? The major, uh, major, and then some uh, like this one girl we have is a uh, marketing major, and I'm not sure what Lisa, what was her major? Yeah, she was music and Manager. entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, you know, it could be any a part of it. We, we will teach them, uh, you know, that they become an account manager. They're not <clears throat> sitting there doing taxes. They're doing paying the bills and collecting the money and doing reports and budgets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Jones. So it's wrap up time. Oh, you're going to go trick or treating now? It's late. I'm going to go trick or deathing. Don't no. scare the hell out of people. Don't come <laughs> yeah. to my neighborhood. Here I come. You know, I was very surprised. You got a minute? I drove through Patterson, Chamberlain Avenue. Mm -hmm. There must have been 5,000 kids out trick or treat. I, no I first was, what's going on? And I was afraid of, you know, them crossing it, the street. Yeah, right. But in Monfield, where I live, there's no one. Right. <laughs> I didn't see anybody here in Wayne, New Jersey. Patterson is loaded. Anybody come to your house? Nope. Wow. No. It's too scary. It's not, yeah. I don't blame It's because of my I reputation. Mean, yeah. As a killer. Well, you live on a hill, so, so they wouldn't yeah. want to. Yes, oh, uh, I gotta go back down. You don't want to know what's the hill for 2018. <laughs> All right, so we need to wrap up. So we need to thank Professor Aaron Van Dyne, who's a yes. professor here at the campus of William Patterson University as well. Best, thank you. Thank you so much. And an we, alum of the program. Yes. Graduated and yes. uh, got his MBA in 2008. No. Yeah. MBA? MM. MM. Oh, sorry, right. MM. Right. All right. Thanks for elevating me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, we want to thank Dr. Stavon Marconi because you yes. killed it. And of course, my co host, Professor David Kirkfield. And Kay who's next week before? Oh, no, please. Kay Kaylee Cheryl, who's here from Cincinnati, Ohio. What, what town the, in Ohio? Just for the night. What town in Ohio? I come from Morrow, Ohio. Oh. See you tomorrow, it's, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the morning show. As long Stop as you it. You don't have a bone to pick with her. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, Bone Morrow. It's great. It's really good. And then um, Ashley Veltner. We got to thank you, Ashley, very much. She's so awesome. Her hair is green today, and her lipstick matches the greenish blue <laughs> hue today. So it looks really good. Yeah. So good for you, Ashley. And um, thank you for your tweets. Next week, Jenna Pell of Catalyst PR is uh, going to be huh. on. We had her on in Nashville a couple years ago. It was amazing. She said it was the best interview she ever did. I don't remember her. It was that good. Well, yeah, I listened no, to it. I, mean, I cut the grass two days ago, and I listened to it, and it was very good. Uh -huh. she, I was very funny that day. Harvey Leeds, the legendary Harvey Leeds, is on in two weeks. Can't wait. Then, then um, day before Thanksgiving, I don't want to do a show, so forget it. We're not going to. You don't want to either, because you, you have to make my dinner. He's got to set the table. Oh, I have to set the table for, at Marconi's house. So we have a Margo replay our show with Mark Robinson, uh -huh. head of business affairs at Great. 300 Entertainment. And what is Mark Robinson also, besides business affairs and legal affairs? Visiting expert, Visiting? resident expert. Visiting music and entertainment industry resident <laughs> expert. That's correct. <laughs> that Which is, I was at one time also. Yes. Yes. Was Aaron Van I think I might have been, been the first one. It might have been. Yes. yes. I have to go back to the website. I still have my plaque in the office. It's there right. we go. Still Very giving nice. them out, too. I know. Um, there we go. So there we go. Bill Charlap's coming. Jake Posner's coming. Um, Duke Badger, VP of CRM and fan engagement at the Warner Music Group, is coming uh, yeah, in January. Duke, right. Ken Mansfield, who wrote a book coming out called The Roof, The Beatles' Final Concert. Mm -hmm. That's it, too. So we got to go. So we love you so much. But thank you for listening on this wonderful Halloween night. At the end of every show, we do not say hello to be stupid. So at the end of every show, you know what we say, Ashley Veltner? Trick or treat. <laughs> Adios. Adios.
I'm 